are listening to the Oakland Asian Mom Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Oakland Asian Mom. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Cheryl, and we have a very special guest, um, kind of in honor of Mother's Day, and that is Cheryl's mom, Auntie Cora. Hi, Auntie Cora. Hi, Sarah and Cheryl. I'm honored to be your special guest this coming Mother's Day. Oh, Thank you so much. All, the honor is all, all ours. Mom, um, is this the first time you're on a podcast? Yes. <laughs> do you I, listen to Do podcasts? you listen to podcasts? <laughs> I, I have. Um, actually, my first experience is your podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Yes. Wow. I feel I feel doubly honored. Oh yeah, and you get to be on the podcast. That's amazing. That's probably a first. That's true. So we have uh, Auntie Cora here with us to talk about her immigration story and also share her experiences as a working mom in the seventies, eighties, and nineties, um, and also share a little bit about just parenthood and raising a family, and also sort of her second career as a caregiver to her five grandchildren. Um, So Auntie Cora, we wanted to start with learning about your immigration story. How did you come to the States? And also, um, how did that shape your career and profession? Actually, I came to America when I got married. It's because my husband has this dream of coming to America. So after we got married, both of us came. So he actually had changed the direction of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was, when we started dating, I have never thought about coming to America. As a person, I've always been happy where I am. And I don't really think too far ahead of the future to even think of immigrating anywhere. You know, I uh, graduated from college at 19. That's when we met. And I was just beginning my professional life in the Philippines. So, uh, and I have not, I don't have any relatives that actually migrated or have any friends who had Mm -hmm. so I didn't have that plan probably mom I'm thinking because you had a pretty good life right with Lolo and Nanai raising you and it sounded like it was a lot of fun growing up where you grew up yes uh you know we're not really we're we're sort of the middle class I went to the university and it's actually I had really had a uh, I would have to say enjoyed every every stages of my life. I like my high school days, my elementary and university days. And it seems like there's no reason for me to even venture outside where I was. Mm-hmm. So when you came over, um, where did you settle? Well, uh, when... When we came, uh, it's actually right after we got married. So my husband had rented a one-bedroom, very small. So that's our first apartment. 
are we have a little kitchen and and even the refrigerator is just a counter you mm -hmm. know and i thought it's it's uh it, it's quite good for a new uh newlywed so we're happy but at the same time i was so sad because i really don't know anybody mm -hmm. when i first came except for him first apartment is at 8th avenue in san francisco it's a very nice area you can walk to to you know geary to the church to the store even to the theater there's a theater in geary that we go to so we were comfortable the next question we have is like, once you got here and okay. dad already had a job, I think he was yes, already yes. working in the city. So yes. what, what did you do for work here? And then how did you get your start? I have a, we have a few friends that would tell me this is what you do. So I actually went to the department of actually EDD. Mm -hmm. So there's a human resource uh, person that would interview you, get all your qualification and they'll send you all over the place if you're qualified. And then there's also, I remember going to an employment agency where you need to take an IQ test, a typing test before they send you to, you know, vacancy during that time. Because there's really, there's really no recruiter that like now, it's quite different. Yes, yes. So what was, where did you end up? And what was your experience like working there, especially as a Filipina professional? Actually, when I came here, before I came, I have a very good job. I was a certified public accountant in the Philippines. So mm -hmm. I was working for Philippine Airlines as in, internal audit. So then uh, before I even got any uh, reference to an interview, they will let me type. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm really not a typist. But it kind of humbles you because you have to be tolerant of everything that they throw on you, right? Mm -hmm. So my mm -hmm. first job actually is in the bank. It's called the uh, UCB, United California Bank. And I was working in their uh, trust department. And during that time, I was making $425 a month. Wow. So after the first year, they give you 5%. And I'm thinking to myself, 5%. So that's how much is that? $20? It's going to take me forever if I stay here. <laughs> <laughs> so we started. So, so every time I, we have a time or I even have a vacation, we'd start looking for a job, both uh, dad and I. So that's what we did. So my next job was a bookkeeper for an insurance company. Mm -hmm. And it kind of shocked me that two people doing the same thing would be making totally different salary. And during that time, nobody really talks about how much do you make. It's almost like a no-no. Oh, but you saw as the bookkeeper. But I saw, saw it. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> what is this? You know, what, what is this? I mean, mm -hmm. it, this is unfair, but mm -hmm. what do you do? You know, you can't really go to your boss. What are you doing? Right. We're so, doing so exactly you... the same thing. Uh, and it's like, okay. why is she making more than this? And I see and I'm seeing this. I was so frustrated. I'm thinking there must be a better way, a place where it's uh, 
equal opportunity. I'm thinking, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we started taking tests when you go to. Uh, we started taking tests for the city of San Francisco. I took the test for the California. I took in uh, the city of Daly City. So between that and I, we were competing for the same job. You know, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. That. I remember. They were they ranked us so close to each other for the city of Daly City that he was ahead of me. Uh, he was able to get uh, an appointment ahead of me. And okay. I and then yeah. he was telling them, you know, my wife is next. And I'm thinking, why did you say that? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we ended up at the city of Delhi City because he Correct. got that job so first. Dad, oh, yeah, okay. so okay. Dad okay. got the job. I said, okay, <laughs> you got it. So, but I was teasing him. Why did you? What did you tell them? <laughs> well, but they anyway. might they might have assumed. I mean, you guys do have the same last name and. Maybe the same address, right? So it's not like maybe their mother and sister twins, (laughs) twins or married. But anyway, uh, we moved once uh, from our first apartment to a bigger one-bedroom apartment, and then we moved to Dela City when we first bought the house. Mm -hmm. So that's when Dad was working. In did you have kids at this point? Uh, We did. We were, we were lucky during that time. There was a low-cost housing uh, apartment in... in uh, That's when you uh, lived in Diamond Heights. Diamond Heights is yeah. very pretty, you know. But during that time, I, uh, I guess I was having a baby. So I actually kind of stayed home. It's a beautiful two-bedroom apartment with a view and it's very pretty. But then I started wo- walking back. So we decided, okay, now... You know, we can't really tell them I'm not working. Yeah. So that's when we bought a house in Daly City. During that time, both of us are accountants. And it's so hard because in accounting, every end of the month, you have the books to close. So I would go in the morning. Dad will stay uh, at home. And then he'll come back and uh, I'll come back in the afternoon and then he can work eight hours. So I'm thinking to myself, this can't really work because uh, we both have the same uh, schedule. So I decided to go back to my experience as an auditor. So then I started looking or taking, taking tests for an audit job for the state of California. I think Sarah and I know what you mean by taking tests because we both work for public agencies. That's actually one of the things we all uh, have in common. Uh, yes. Calpers. <laughs> yes, well, you, you and my that's mom true. are both members. <laughs> but ju- when, I was take, uh, when I was taking the test during our time, nobody really, nobody really thinks about any pension plan or retiring. Mm-hmm. Yes. You were just there to find a good job that is equitable because I figured for the state, I mean, as long as you're high on the list, they have to talk to you and yes. everybody starts the same salary. So that's the po- my point. Mm-hmm. Right? So I thought, okay, so I first, so when I found a job, actually the first one is for EDD. So I started working for EDD as an auditor, but in within the six months, I didn't like the job because it's, it's auditing. The government has an affirmative action policy at that time, in 1979. 
that year they they adopted minority and women mm-hmm. uh, and the department have all men they're all uh, uh, the auditors are mostly male so now they said we got you gotta hire women so there's three of us that they hired all women in San Mateo who was it do I know them Gloria was oh, one. Oh, Gloria. Okay. Yeah, yes. we started together. Okay. So I thought. Oh, I didn't uh, realize you were together the first year. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like, that's, I always say I'm a product of the affirmative action because yeah. I kind of believe in that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I thought as long as you have a minimum requirement or qualification, why not? Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. And the, the next year I remember they, they uh, hired a black auditor and he was, he he wasn't he, he really was not very happy because he knew that he was hard because he was black. You know, in one of the offices they would be promoting somebody because they're either black or this, right? So you have I told him you have the minimum requirement, do your best. But I guess uh, he didn't feel very com- comfortable and he just left after a year. I was sad when he did that. Well, let me ask you, do, do, how did you balance work and home life, being a full-time professional, you know, working in the uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s? Well, uh, I was lucky because a first child is actually, you can handle it. When, you, when the, a second child came, my mother came, Nana mm-hmm. stayed. Mm-hmm. So I was comfortable that someone is taking care of both of you at home. So it, the load is a little bit lighter because, uh, you know, sometimes when I get home, she would have uh, cooked dinner mm-hmm. and then she would wash uh, our clothes. So, but then by, by I also, by the time I came, I took over because I know she needed time for herself, right? Yeah. So she was a very big help. When did, we did she live with you all? Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. For for how long? So she came uh, uh, maybe 75 and Cheryl, and Cheryl was born in 76. And she just stayed until I petitioned for her. Mm-hmm. Did she have to go back after she came um, or she just stayed while you petitioned for her? She stayed uh, and I just took an uh, immigration lawyer and they filed the petition right after... I got my citizenship. Oh, wow. Okay. So she managed to stay until, you know, her papers were done. And then I actually filed the petition for her and, and and, uh, my father at the same time. Mm, Yeah. I pretty pretty much um, grew up thinking I was going to share my bedroom with my grandma pretty much all my life. (laughs) I mean, and I didn't mind it because she was like my best friend, you know, because she pretty much raised me. So I think from the very beginning, I was like, oh, yeah, I I just share my bedroom and my bed with my grandma. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. I'm wondering what were some family rituals that were important to you um, as you kind of moved from um, a new family life for yourselves in the United States? Uh, the uh, the Filipino as a whole is 
is actually very close to each other. I was lucky when I, we first came. During that time, all the professional are coming in, just us. We didn't really have our parents or even relatives during this time. But we found a group of friends, seven or six families at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Our Sundays, you know, birthdays. Remember with Cheryl, we'll, we'll stay and just... Uh, Sleepovers. Sleeps yeah. over. Yeah. We have a village that mm -hmm. if I have to do something, somebody would take care of them. And mm -hmm. even today, we're all still friends, almost 50 years. Yeah, but I was telling Sarah growing up, we had so many play cousins. We, we didn't realize we're all <laughs> not related. You know, we, are, we thought all were related because they would guess. They would be like, oh, tease my brother to be like, oh, you should marry so-and-so. And they're like that's like my cousin. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but then many, many years of sleeping, having sleepovers, uh, like going to Vallejo and mom, remember at yeah. auntie's house and, yeah. you know, yeah. auntie would be cu cutting our hair in the living room. She's like, next, next. And then the dads <laughs> were just playing um, mahjong in the, in the garage. And then everybody's either rolling lumpia or making like pecan pies or something. Yeah. <laughs> while the kids watching like M MTV, you know? So, and it was a small house and we would all just sleep over for like the entire weekend. We're all Filipinos. Mm -hmm. So she, mm -hmm. the kids grew up among them, you know, and hopefully they remember some of the tradition we have. Mm -hmm. At home though, back to your question, I remember, uh, I don't know if Cheryl would remember, that every night I will put them to bed and we will pray together. Mm -hmm. You know, the, even, the other father. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even just a decade of the rosary. Remember how we will all sit in the, in our stairs and just pray together. Oh, yeah. And then what I really like is uh, Friday. I tell them we have to clean the house. Otherwise we won't be able to go out Saturday. So everybody's cleaning the house, doing the chores so I tell them by Saturday, that's the time we can go out, you know, uh, buy groceries. And Sunday, we always go to church together, eat mm -hmm. out. And that's about how we, the day, you know, the week and the day passed. Mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't really leave to go, like, take planes to go on vacations. We, I remember a lot of trips to Reno and Circus Circus and just being <laughs> left with, like, $5 to play with my cousins. And you would leave us, give us our hotel keys and we just meet the hotel. No cell phones back then. So two mothers would stay with them while they play in, in mm -hmm. Circus Circus and the rest can go play the slot machine. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a, a, a village obligation to yeah. take care of the kids, you know? Wow, that's really special to have that kind of long lasting friend. It, it's really families. wonderful to think. And, and yeah. the last uh, Zoom party that we have, I was telling everyone that we're really lucky because we have a very few sorrows, you know, one or two of them had passed away, but all the mothers are still friends. We mm -hmm. understood uh, each other so well that I really couldn't get angry at yeah. anything they would tell me. Yeah, uh, many of them are, are my ninangs and ninangs, which means godparents. That really kind of, kind of made everybody you know, very tightly formed, mm -hmm. um, whether or not we were blood relatives or not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how I think they grew up without going to camps. 
Yeah. Well, it was very segregated by the, the dads go over there and the, and the, and the, the moms go over here and yeah. the kids go over there. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I grew up like that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Auntie Cora, um, based on your experience and also sort of seeing what Cheryl and others um, of her generation have gone through, I'm wondering if you think working moms have it easier now or did um, you have it easier back in your day? Uh, you know, I felt at any time each generation or even each uh, time a, a mom is really like a mom. You know, it's really hard. Now, what is hard is I think the kids are getting smarter and by the time they go to preschool, they're really smarter than uh, kindergarten, right? <laughs> but then again, you are smarter because mm. you have to be creative now in raising your kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. But now again, maybe at three years old, they'd say, why am I doing this? <laughs> right? And Cheryl also, I remember, he was, she was young. And during that time, by every Saturday, I would make breakfast. Dad will be watching TV. And she asked me, I don't get this. She said, are women just making, have to do this, cooking? And the two of them, you know, and the two of them are yeah, watching, doing very, nothing. Very astute as a young, as a young child. You know, and I thought, yes, yes, yes. I don't have to tell you what's right or wrong. <laughs> but dad still never cooks anything. And I thought, you know what? That's not the question you asked me. You asked the two of them, what are they doing? You know, mm-hmm. because... Uh, not that I'm doing this because I have to. Actually, I don't mind cooking. And I guess he's lucky that way. I don't mind doing mm-hmm. housework. I just love to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not doing it because I'm forced to. But then she figured out that, why is this? Is this a women's job or a men's job? Uh, this is not fair, she said. And so I thought, hmm, this is great, you know? <laughs> So in answer to your question, we are all dealt with what we have to do as mothers, right? Mm -hmm. You can make, modify, do better than your mother, then you're doing a a good job. Uh, I I think of myself not as the sun, but rather just a candle that can light just my children. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the candle that I give them, they would light more people. And oh, make this world a better place. Yeah. yeah. So what was it like becoming a grandmother? It's actually very rewarding in a way that I'm glad I was able to be around and see my grandchildren. I'm, I'm blessed that way. I'd like to see a new generation of bright people that will make this world even better you know, for immigrants. And it's it's really a passing of the torch. And hopefully you can do better than we did because you have a better, you, I mean, you went to better schools. You, were, you grew up here. And my husband would say, you have no excuse but to be the best of what you can, you know. And 
when they were growing up, it, we all dream as parents, we all dream for our children. Found out early, they have to dream on their own mm-hmm. and allow them. And once they get married, usually as a parent, you're in the center of their lives, right? They always call you or you call them. As parents, we have to step back mm-hmm. and just look and see if they need our help, then I'm mm-hmm. there, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so challenging because the kids now are so smart, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. So you need to be a step ahead of them, but they will never be smarter than you because you, you have the <laughs> experience, right? I have more experience in life than them, so I mm-hmm. still have a lot of lesson to teach them. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, but then again, as an older, as a grandmother, you don't stop learning. When you retired, mm-hmm. um, you took on a new role in your life and um, was a, a caregiver to your grandchildren. So what are some of your reflections from that kind of pivot in your life? And I think also at the same time, you were caring for your mother as well. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. So my, yeah. My, what a when my father died, my mother... Uh, moved with us in 2000. So I was working and she's, she's here. She stayed with us. And then the state has this, uh, they're testing whether we can, it's, it's better for the auditors to stay home than come, go to the office. So I was one of the pilot tests that I'll be more productive at home than going to the office. So I've been working at home all this time. The baby is here Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. So three nights. Mm -hmm. So after the first year, I thought, you know what? I can't do this. I'm getting stressed. (laughs) (laughs) Because my mom is here. Mm. uh, My husband is here. If I put a laundry basket in the middle of the stairs, when I come home, it's still there. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's going to be easier to retire than divorce him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting worn out. As you get older, uh, I get tired. Mm -hmm. So So, mom was taking care of not just uh, my nephew, her elderly mother. She was also taking care of my retired dad. (laughs) He really had nowhere to go. So So I thought, (laughs) you know what? But I always look forward to my new life. Yeah. You know, so even though my friends from work has been calling me, when are we going to go to lunch? I still talk to them, call them, but I'm so happy not looking back on what I will miss because I didn't work, but looking forward to what I'm going to find out when all these kids are growing day by day. I'm so happy doing that. Mm -hmm. So the transition for me is really flawless for me this one it's because with them I I heard my I could hear my heart flutter with 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 gladness you know with the youngest one my youngest son um you know he says that Nona is his best person and I felt also flutters because you know growing up my grandma was my best person for a long time too right mom like Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. I, I would I would call her Nana it would actually means mother in Tagalog, and because I think everybody else called her Nanai, right? You called her that too. So I just kind of yeah. kept that same. Yeah. And I think she was my best person for a long time. So to see my son 
call my mom her her his best person. <laughs> he even said it today. He's he he for the first time he this week he called his brother his best friend. Really? Then, yeah, okay. they were they were in a fight. For, um, all of a sudden, he said, "But that's my best friend." Oh. And then I said, "Oh, but who's your who's your best person?" He goes, "Oh, still Nona." Oh. <laughs> Always, yeah, always. I know. Oh. So it kind of paid off, you know. Oh, I don't know if so... I've done well. I we tried to do our best, right? So to even, you know, uh, so they can feel the love that they they have in Nona's school they call it <laughs> I love to just be called now to be called a grandmother yeah, it's a different definitely. feeling because well people said you're not responsible for your grandchildren I mean it's up to the parents I still feel that uh, we are in our own way that's why I like to have them during summer because I will tease them I said you know this is your the attitude adjustment sometimes when you're home I can't really tell my kids that they're doing it wrong, right? Because <laughs> that's what another no-no for grandmothers. Don't tell your kids how to raise their children. <laughs> when they're here, they can. I can do the some. Uh, I call it attitude adjustments, right? Without their parents knowing it. <laughs> and they do a lot of pillow talk. Apparently, they go to bed and then they talk about life. Uh, oh yeah going to sleep yeah yes they talk to you you know when you're I, I guess I don't know how you do it now you're so tired sometimes from working mm -hmm. that you just want them to go to bed right yeah I even tell Cheryl don't you pray with them it's like even our father you know well we say that our father at oh that's Lola's prayer <laughs> <laughs> My favorite best person. Yes, my best person. <laughs> so you do, they, they tell you a lot of stuff, you know, so it's really great. It's actually a different kind of happiness, you mm -hmm. know, and yep. the only way I could uh, really is, and now that I'm retired, I really have eight hours. I don't know what I, I did with it. I would watch TV maybe two hours. So it's a great feeling that where I am now. Because I gain eight hours of my time. Mm -hmm. oh, I can't wait to retire. <laughs> You're so young, <laughs> Sarah. Yeah, I'm a... you gotta put in your time. I, yeah, I'll be working for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, just enjoy it day to day. You know, one day at a time, mm -hmm. and then and that's one thing bad about time. You once you it pass, you can never recover it, right? So you always do what's best for today and see maybe tomorrow will it take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mom, for joining us. We appreciate all your reflections. Yeah, it was great to hear your story. You're welcome. I hope uh, this is my like my first podcast and my first interview. Last one I had was an interview I had was uh, when I was taking the test for my um, my for, my examination for uh, <laughs> the state. Well, well, well you did hired. great. Yes, <laughs> number one, rank number one above dad. <laughs> you got the job. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's like, what did you tell them? I told them, you know, how come they hired you? <laughs> well, well, thank you for this, and happy Mother's Day to all thank of you. you. 
You and happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day to anybody who's listening. Yay. Take care and don't forget to call your mom.